Welcome, everybody. What's going on? How's everybody doing? Good. Hey, welcome to the Investor Thrive Studio. Yeah, you guys have been here before. This is, we got our guest Matt Strong on today. What's, What's going up, on, guys? Man? How's it going? Good, 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 good. And hey, just so if this is your first time tuning in, Investor Thrive Nation, um, this is uh, a podcast brought to you to help you guys thrive in your businesses and real estate and your personal lives. So we're gonna get into. It. We got Matt. He's uh, here. He's in a hard money lender. He's a real estate investor. He flips properties. He, he does a ton. So we're gonna basically turn it over to him. We're gonna ask him questions and see what we can learn and how, see how his experiences can help you guys grow in, uh, in your businesses. Awesome. Love it. Yeah. Yeah. So Matt, we met how long ago now? Man, I don't even know. It's, it's been, been probably a couple of years, years, three or four, yeah, two or three years for two, sure. Three years. Yeah. Um, and you we, helped us fund a couple of deals <laughs> yep. up front when we first started. Um, we've even gone to them when we've, uh, needed advice. Yeah. We're like, Hey Matt, we're doing like one deal a month. Like we're thinking we can move on and start investing in other we don't know what to things. do with our time <laughs> yeah you lazy guys I, I, remember, I remember we went we went out to eat with you uh i think we went to like a greek place and we're like man we're doing like one deal a month one two deals like we don't know what to do like and you're like and you're like you guys need to do more deals <laughs> yeah yeah that'll get you busy yeah i don't know why we felt like we had so much free time probably because we weren't working that hard because i think in the beginning erman was doing the deals and eric yeah. was doing the i deals. think i think we just you know we were newer we we didn't know we could we also harder. didn't like it that much back then so we wanted to probably do something else yeah but then we realized hey you know we just need to dedicate ourselves and, and go deeper into it and matt you helped us out with yeah, that you know get a little focus right yeah, yeah. so let's uh Let's talk about your background, you know, like yeah. what got, you know, we're interviewing you because you're, you're a hard money lender. You've, you've helped us fund a couple of deals. What got you into what you're doing? Yeah. And so I know uh, the background could take a while, so I'll kind of breeze through it. But I started out flipping myself like in 2005. Mm -hmm. Fast forward, I've done almost 450 houses in pretty much the Salt Lake Valley. I mean, that sounds like a lot, but it's, it's over time, right? There were years where I was doing 60. I'm definitely not doing as many now. I usually mm -hmm. like to have four or five going just because I love seeing that process of a house going from start to finish. Yeah. And about 10 years ago, I got into the hard money game, just brokering loans for other investors. And then it progressed to be a fairly significant business. So I'd say right now, 70% of my time is funding typically for a fix and flipper that's maybe buying a house from a wholesaler, you mm -hmm. know, their flip. So I have about $53 million outstanding right now in these short term wow. You know, fix and flip loans. My average fifty three. Yeah, fifty three. Wow. My average loan amount is about three hundred twenty five. So it's a lot of transactions. I have yeah. about one hundred and seventy of these little loans out there at any one time, and I'm also a long term buy and hold guy too. So um, I have you know a half bunch of rentals, small apartments, some commercial units, and How so many units total. Uh, almost seventy units total. Oh, wow. I had um, no idea. Yeah, it's like it just compounds, right? You just do Adds something up. every day. Yeah. Wow. And yeah. add add something new and then 70 it, units and then i'm wow. doing some small townhome development so you know there's there's a lot going on but all of it pretty much revolves around that value add component whether mm -hmm. it's a flip or looking at it from the lens of a lender can that borrower turn what they have into something that's worth more right and then how does my piece for the money fit into helping that make it make it work shoot that's crazy wow. so how'd, how'd you get into real estate so I backed into it. When I bought my first house, it was a brand new home. And I was like, I didn't know how to negotiate. I'm like, I don't know. Can I, can I get a discount if I don't have a license or if I have a real estate agent? You know, and they're like, no. They're like, but if you're an agent, you can represent your house and we'll 
we'll pay you a commission. I'm like, cool, well, I'm an agent, right? And I wasn't, but <laughs> you know, a month later, I had my license by the time the house closed. Yeah. And then I ended up getting a job for that home builder that sold me the house. Wow. So I just kind of backed into it. So I did new home sales for four years, which was not my path. Um, it was pretty good money, but it was, you know, it was like not challenging at all. So I was looking for something different. And then a buddy from high school was representing uh, investors that were buying bank-owned homes, you know, because back in yeah. 2005, I mean, the market was still kind of ramping up, but there were still plenty of foreclosures. Mm-hmm. So we we kind of hunted the REO stuff for many, 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 many years. Yeah. yeah. Wow. That's awesome. So I got a quick question. When you said you had 70 units, right? Yeah. For buying holds, those properties. How many of those have come from, uh, like, wholesalers like us or investors being like, hey, will you fund this? And you're like, hey, I'll actually just buy this. Uh, that's a good question. One, I don't ever try to compete with a borrower, Now, if you bring it to me and you're like, we're open to getting an offer from you, we just want to get rid of it, then I'd maybe look at it. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. I mean, I've definitely bought stuff and held it from a wholesaler. In Mm -hmm. fact, I was just talking with Tim, another local wholesaler, that uh, we were reminiscing about a duplex I bought last year from him. Mm -hmm. And he's like, crap, I should have kept that, right? But So I don't ever want to compete with my borrowers. I'd rather just be the lender. But yeah, I mean, it's like everybody. I'm looking for deals wherever you can get them, off market, on market. You know, it. it doesn't really matter. Okay. How do you find most of your deals? You know, historically, the MLS, I'd say yeah, 80% of all my that. deals have been the MLS. Yeah. But it, even, like, I have a deal out in Tooele here in Utah. Last year, I bought it on the MLS. It's been sitting there forever. It's, uh, any, anyway, no won't go into detail on it, but I got it for 50 grand less, and I think I have $700,000 in equity because there's a land play there that either no one else saw or, wow. but it's on the MLS. Low-hanging fruit, right? So yeah, they're so out there. When you find your deals on the MLS, do you have a specific agent making offers on those deals for you, or are you making the offers? Uh, both. I don't, I'm not as active anymore because I'm, I'm way more reactive to like the incoming business from the hard money loans, and that's where my attention is. But it's funny you ask that. I did just hire a very specific um, you know, individual to help source new deals for me. Mm-hmm. So between him, myself, and my assistant, we're going to – I don't need the volume you guys have. Like, if I can feed myself with two or three, yeah. you know, extra deals a month and help him make some money, then that's that's kind of my goal. But yeah. really, my key to success, even in my hard money, has just been relationships. You know, like, I get a lot of deals for myself from agent relationships or from just another investor who, it like, works for him to sell it, works for me to buy it, especially on my long-term holds. Like, a couple that I bought last year were from local agents that one, he even just seller financed a commercial building up in Park City to me. Wow. Because he needed some cash. I had some cash. He left his loan in place. It made it really easy. Sweet. That's awesome. Did, did he own it outright? or did No, he, he had it subject to a credit subject union loan. To, okay. But he was just, he was fine to let me wrap it. That's awesome. Yeah. Do you like those? Do you like wraps? Yeah. I mean, I, don't, I haven't done that many, but in this case, it sure made it a heck of a lot easier not have to go out and get, you know, a $2.8 million loan in yeah. Yeah. 10 put days. Uh, put 20% down. So put money down. I've done a rap before. Yeah, I don't know if yeah, you have that one. Yeah, my brother-in-law yeah. Uh, didn't turn out as well as we thought. But hey, it was it's good now. It is know? good now, right? Yeah. Absolutely, for sure, man. Well, that's crazy. Yeah. So let's see what else. Uh, so a hard money for the for the viewers that probably don't know what it is. What is hard money? Yeah. So so hard money. I mean, you can look at hard money in a lot of different ways. You can look at it as a really expect expensive option to buy a house with. Or you can look at it as just part of the piece of the money puzzle and the math problem about what makes a deal work. I mean, hard money is there because you don't have time to get a traditional mortgage and or you don't have the cash in the bank 
to close quickly. A lot of these transactions that I'm funding, you know, I'll get the deal on a Monday because they just put it under contract on Sunday and they need to close on Friday. Mm-hmm. Unless you have cash, you're not going to be able to close the transaction with any sort of regular loan. So hard money is kind of that hammer to solve the problem of funding it quick. Mm-hmm. And hard money kind of comes from the concept of like there's a hard asset that you're relying on to be the collateral. And in this case, it's the asset, the property, the house. Because, I, I mean, obviously I'm worried about you guys as the borrowers, but, right. I mean, if you guys have a pulse, you have a plan, you're not trying to do some weird scheme to con someone out of money, mm-hmm. and you have a little bit of a down payment and a plan for the rehab, like, that's good enough for me. I, I don't typically, I, I maybe should, I don't typically pull credit, I don't do tax returns, I'm just more worried about the property, you know? So, so like, you guys are involved in a tra- transaction right now, I think I'm mm-hmm. going to get pretty close to the numbers, but I want to say you guys are buying it for, like, 320 I'm going to do a loan for like 280 or 290 mm-hmm. and it's going to be worth like 420, right? So yeah. I look at it and say, okay, if Nate and Corey peace out on me, am I okay taking this thing back and doing the deal of myself? Of course you are. Yeah. yeah, and so then that allows me to move quick, right? Then I can say, okay, great. I don't really care about all this other bull crap that a regular lender might want, like mm-hmm. an appraisal, at, at, you know, and and I would operate differently if I was not so intimate with the current market because I can look at a house because I've done so many and underwrite it really fast. And my investors that help me fund these deals feel comfortable with my process. So the process for me is probably not going to be the same for another hard money lender. Mm -hmm. Um, My ultimate goal is to make it as easy as possible for the borrower, only secondary to preservation of capital for my investor. Right. So I don't want to tee up a deal for them that's reckless just Mm -hmm. to make it easy for the borrower, because you guys have seen sometimes I'll push back a little bit. Right. Like put a little bit of money down. You know, that's not to make you guys feel bad or feel stretched. It's more to just make my investor feel really comfortable knowing that they're getting into a clean deal that they don't have like any optics on other than me saying it's good to go. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I, I think that answered it. Hard money is a solution that will help you fund a deal quickly. Typically, my terms are a two-point loan fee, 12% annual interest rate. So the APR on it's like 14%, you know, or 15% if it goes a year and there's an extension fee. So it's not cheap, but it's just another piece of the math problem. You know, you got your purchase price, you got your rehab cost, you got your financing piece. So you just plug that into your model and have confidence that it's there. Yeah. And it just needs to get paid back. And, I mean, there's certain things that you should look for so you're not borrowing from the wrong person. But otherwise, you know, it's just it's just another piece of the puzzle that yeah. uh, that you need to know. What would you do differently if you were in a market you didn't know as well? Well, yeah, that's a great question. One, I just get really, really comfortable with it as quick as I can. So there's the concept of like who, not how. You don't always need to know how you're going to do everything. It's maybe more who is going to help you. Yeah. So I would lean on a, a very experienced. Yeah, I would lean on a really experienced investor agent. Um, a local title company to get up to speed with laws. I've done a lot of loans out of state. I think I've done loans in like 17 states. So I've gotten to know like, you know, deed of trust states versus mortgage states, how some title companies work, you know, how other title companies don't. And so at the end of the day, you need to make sure you understand the value, make sure you're properly protected with the right um, um, recording instruments being at promissory note, deed of trust, make sure you're in first position. Other than that, like if you have a really good borrower, like that borrower is going to help you understand the market pretty well. And if you don't have a good borrower, I mean, then you still need to do your own homework, maybe get a secondary op- op- uh, opinion on appraisal or something like that. But it's the same concept. It's like 
the same world of investing is everywhere. Yeah. Just the numbers and the market's a little different. So as long as you can get comfortable. But with internet these days and like the ability to have transparency on on values, it's not that hard. No, yeah. it's not. To get up to speed pretty quick. Yeah. That's yeah. We've kind of run into that same I guess challenges. How do we value houses all over the place? Because we do nationwide wholesaling. So we've kind of run into that same, I guess, challenge of, yeah, how do we value this property and yeah. where do we need to be at? Do you foresee the points and the percentage uh, going down in the future, going up, staying the same? I mean, if anything, odds would tell you it's going to go up, right? Okay. But I'm not tied to, like, you know, some sort of, of um, set interest rate or bar like banks are you know i don't i don't have like a prime rate or uh mm-hmm. what whatever the basis is for what they do their rates off of i mean my money comes from my network of private high net worth individuals and they're going to require a certain return or they're just going to put their money in the stock market right so yeah. now there are institutional hard money lenders that do get their money from wall street but at the end of the day, we all kind of end up being somewhat similar in cost because I don't have any extra junk fees like appraisal or doc prep. Those guys can load on all sorts of like hidden fees that all of a sudden like your true APR is getting pretty close. Yeah. Now, there are markets where the money's cheaper. And honestly, I would be cheaper if I could get my money cheaper because it would just be so much easier to get more loans and better loans, you yeah. know? Like I... There's so many different ways you can play this your game. Your private money cheaper? Is that what you're saying? If you could get your private money Yeah, cheaper? if I could get my investor money investor cheaper. Money. Yeah, then I could. Is that the same terminology, private money? Or people mix money? it up a lot, right? Okay. A lot of times, like I got a private money lender. Typically, though, the definition, a hard money lender would be someone like me that's like probably as ex- right? expensive as you're going to get, like with points. Some people talk about private money where they're just getting money at like, say, 9 or 10% no points. Mm-hmm. And they're saying it's private because it's just from a private dude, not necessarily... But that's more like, like investor company. money, technically? or Yeah, I mix those terms on my end. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, like, I'll say I get my investor money at this rate, you know. But then when I borrow on my own deals, I'm borrowing at the rate that I would get my money at for my investor, right? right. So, yeah. so um, but, yeah, I mean, that's 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 kind of hot. Uh, so, so the hard money for a wholesaler, though, is important because it can move quick. Your guys' deals, you don't, you know you're going to get them. You just don't know when. Mm-hmm. And then you know exactly. it's going to be a pretty quick timetable for the most part because that seller's like, okay, great, I'll do this, but now I need my money tomorrow. Yeah. You know? No, it's, it's very true. Yeah, we, before we met you, we've actually missed out on oh, like gosh. a 100K deal because Let's we talk, didn't Tell have. them about that one. <laughs> so we just started Google AdWords, right? Yeah. Which we were like, oh, these are the most motivated people. We got a form filled out. We called him. We went up there. He was like super motivated. Like he needed he didn't basically accept. money to go fly out to Texas with his family to collect a, uh, an inheritance, an inheritance. Like, like a million dollars, a million bucks, something crazy. So he was trying to sell the house within a couple of days to be able to get his whole family out there. And he's oh, like, geez. he's like, I need to sell to like in two days. And we were like, we've we're never like, dealt we with no, any this of that. was like probably like our this was like seventh or eighth deal. Yeah. yeah. Total. And so, so yeah, we had no so idea. So we called a, a wholesaler, uh, Utah house buyers. And we were just like, hey, we have this deal. Do you guys want to buy it? Because we didn't really know anybody. And they're like, yeah, we'll 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 buy it. And then they just got a hard money loan, and then we split it 50-50. And then they we they just relisted it, and they, it was like a hundred k deal. Crazy split. Now, if we would have known you, we would have said, hey, Matt, we need to close on this deal. It's yeah. a freaking great deal. Yeah, it was a huge spread. It was so easy. Yeah. So it's we so didn't easy know. To get hard money. So don't let that hold you back. No, guys. but you know that. 
if you have a clear cut deal like that, the hard money will be so obvious that it's ready to go. If you start getting a little bit of pushback, it may just be because, you know, the hard money lender doesn't see the deal as good as you see of it. Of course. Because yeah. you can get pretty emotional, right? Like, this yeah. is a deal, this is a deal. And it's like, sometimes you're missing something or you're moving too fast. Yeah, this one was like, the ARV was like 290. Was cookie cutter. This was like 290 and we got it for like 175. So it was like, and it was turnkey. And the guy just needed money. So just for wholesaling investor thrive nation like if you have a deal you know hit up matt strong or someone a hard money lender and if it's a good deal they can fund it yeah i mean and that kind of goes to one of the questions you were going to have is like what's the quickest turnaround on a hard money deal a lot of this depends on how prepared the borrower is but i i mean nobody likes these because you never know what your day-to-day is and how much you already have on your plate but we've i've gotten a deal say at like nine o'clock in the morning and we had it funded and recorded by the end of that same day. Let's go. So that's not that's ideal. Awesome. But in a way, if you don't have too much going on that day, that's those are the best ones because it's not like you have to think about it too yeah, long. Yeah. You know? But it, it only works if it's like a simple deal yeah, yeah. with good equity. Like if, if it's a commercial deal or land, like, you know, there's and it helped, too, that they were already following my process of like the same title company. Stuff like GT that. title. Yeah, because some of that stuff just takes a long time to get title work done. But if right. everything's teed up, ready to go, really, it's just, okay, what is the value? That's really the question. Like, what's yeah. the value? Great. Then the rest is just transactional, making sure the documents. And, and obviously, we've been doing this long enough where I have a pretty streamlined process as far as what I follow for my loan docs, title, all that kind of stuff. So I really just have to communicate with the borrower, make sure it's a deal, verify it all, package it together, send it off. How long does it take you to decide on deals typically? Uh, I mean, you know, with you guys sometimes or borrowers over the phone that I've gotten to know, like I can give them the green light just on the phone, you know, just saying, hey, if everything checks out like you're telling me, let's just plan on it. Yeah. And nine and a half times out of 10, it works out. Now, where it doesn't is, and I have one right now where someone sent me a deal and, you know, they said the ARV was like 675. They needed to refinance an existing hard money loan. They wanted 510. And I'm like, yeah, if those are the numbers, then let's do it. But then as I dove into mm-hmm. it, I'm like, eh, I don't know. I think the ARV is like 550. You know, yeah, like you I'm get, way off. When you go in those higher price ranges, it probably gets a little scarier than like the two to three, four hundred. Yeah, yes and no. If the legit value creation is there, like I'll even just tell you about one of the flips that I just finished. We bought it for, um, well, it's under contract right now. We bought it for 675 in the avenues here in Salt Lake. Nice part of town, right? Older part yeah. of town. Mm-hmm. Very mature. Charm, character, one of the higher price per square foot zip codes in the in the valley. We bought it for six seventy five. So that's for our market. That's a higher end. That is, yeah. You know, that's home. Yeah. But it was like a two hundred thousand dollar remodel, and that ARV value is like one point two. Totally right. worth it. So, yes, the higher end can be more risky, but in a way, the higher end could be way safer for me as a lender. Like I would fund that deal. I mean, whether it was myself or not, maybe a hundred percent because they're going to create six hundred thousand dollars. Yeah, worth of value, yeah. whereas like say a three hundred thousand dollar house that might only sell for three seventy five, I'm going to need a down payment there because yeah. my you know my risk is a little bit so yeah. it it I mean it all kind of yeah. depends on on the yeah, value proposition they, on the six hundred thousand dollar house if they default you have all that equity built in yeah yeah I mean my They're risk probably is a lot of the repairs done it, yeah that's my riskiest spot as a lender is a home that's halfway finished but not even that halfway finished in a bad way. Because <laughs> yeah. then you got to undo crap and start over. But yeah, I mean, 
the risk day one isn't as great because I'm comfortable doing the deal myself. Now, if all of mine defaulted, I'd be in a little bit of trouble because I can't handle a hundred flips at a time, you know, but if, and it's happened over the years, I've had four or five foreclosures, um, where we've had to take them back. Is that a good pitch for your investor money? Is like, Hey, if this doesn't work out, I'll just finish the flip. Yep. That's a pitch. Absolutely. I mean, cause think about this too. Like if we are sitting here today, let's say the market crashes Mm -hmm. and let's say values drop 20%, like in 2008. I, I mean, maybe it wasn't 20, maybe it was 30 in some markets, maybe it was 15. If we can all just be rational and get through the emotional, fight or flight feeling of like, crap, the world's coming to an end. Cause I was there. Mm-hmm. And if we can have the capital that's patient, I mean, who in the world wouldn't love, you know, $50 million worth of rentals yeah. in 10 years or seven years once the market rebounds. So real estate time will always save you. Mm-hmm. There is risk in the short term, you know, depending on how your loan is, how patient your money is. And uh, so there is risk in flipping. I mean, I've lost plenty of money flipping houses. I think I've, I've lost money on about, yeah, just just a little under ten percent of all the homes I've done. Wow. Um, is which that I'm okay numbers with. not having the right numbers that you like r- broke it down and you're like we're a little too aggressive with with the all RV of the was. above. Undershot my repairs or where I look back and we lost the most money a lot was when we were doing super high volume and didn't have all the resources or time and team to do it because we were letting houses sit for like seven months. Oh wow. You know, so it's like interest was just accruing and then we maybe not do the remodel as well. And then some of it was the market. The market didn't favor us and we just missed. Mm -hmm. But a lot of it was just like we were trying to do too much at one time. Do you look at it as like uh, like in stocks where it's just like, hey, if I make more money than lose money, it was a good investment? Yeah, I I kind of look at all investing as like dollar cost averaging. Dollar cost averaging, yeah. Like you want it, like I'm in this game forever, right? So like rentals, I don't really care as long as they cash flow and I got good debt on them. Even if I even if I were to overpay for them and it still made sense to buy it long-term yeah, long-term it's going to appreciate and your tenants are going to pay the rent, you know, and your mortgage down anyway. So those are no brainer. Um, and then with flips, I really believe that it's like, I may be lost on 10%, but on 10%, I made way more than I should have. Mm -hmm. And then on the other 80, they kind of just worked out. Right. Cause you got to always be reiterating, getting better, double checking your process, updating your rehab numbers. And, so that's why coming from flipping has been super helpful as a hard money lender because I can kind of see what you guys see and I can understand it. Mm-hmm. And then I can also call you out if you're just not very good. Right. You yeah. know, because like For you, noobs. this flip should not take six months, bro. You yeah. know, like you should have been in it in two months or it'd be like, oh, I get why this is taking nine months. Mm-hmm. Like this, this makes sense. Yeah. You know, do you go ahead? Why? Why did you get into hard money lending? Well, part of it is I really like it. And, and I think some of my personalities to be a little bit of an adrenaline junkie. Like, I do like the quick deals, as frustrating as they can be at times. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I do like the unknown of like, mm-hmm. oh, you guys called me, bam, we got another one, right? You know, yeah. it's, so it is a fun little game. And it is fast paced. It's a lot of different conversations with a lot of different people. You got to look at a lot of different properties. Um, I mean, it obviously makes money, so that's good. And it's like a total win-win for me. Like, I'm benefiting my investors that invest in my loans. Like, they're making more money than I am, but it's because they're starting out with more capital. Mm-hmm. I'm hopefully providing an opportunity through the financing that the, inve- that the rehabber wouldn't have had without having access to it, right? And then I'm making a little bit of money, and then we're all learning from the process. So, I mean, it's just kind of like a full circle that benefits so many different people 
And I mean, you can even take it further, right? Like then some family's getting a house that someone flipped and they would have maybe had that house had we all not been involved one right. way or another, you know? Yeah. So do you want more money? Like if you could have, are you doing more marketing and get more millions of dollars to... Uh, yes and no. It's a delicate dance, right? Like, I mean, you can only grow so fast. I'm kind of at the, without adding on new people and teams. I mean, I, I do got to be careful that I don't rush and then lose focus of that ultimate goal of preservation of capital. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I'm, I'm always... I've benefited from bunts of referrals, so I don't really do a lot of marketing, so I really appreciate, you know, good shout-outs and stuff like that. And it's just kind of naturally grown for me. I seem to get more and more borrowers, and then I seem to just somehow raise more and more money. Nice. I mean, you guys know how it is. Like, I'm sure this has it's happened in all of you guys' lives. Like, you have something really cool that you've made money on, and then you'll refer... Um, you'll refer friends oh, and family. Boy, Hector. Yeah, he's got us dialed in. So, <laughs> but we're we're covering a lot here. So, um, I don't know where you guys want to go next with like the next five I, or so I, minutes. I have, a, I have a quick question. So, when you first started, how much money did you start with? Did you get like seven hundred thousand from grandpa or? Yeah, I kind of had some IRA money that oh, was self-directed. So it, it was your money, and it was a small loan. I think the first loan I did was like seventy or eighty thousand bucks. Really, you started off that small. Yep. I, I was thinking you might start off with like a million or something. No, and if you look at kind of our progression, it's been like it was kind of really slow and very flat for the first four years, and then when I made it, kind of like I said to you guys, a focus. Mm -hmm. Like, okay, no, we gotta like pay attention to this. Then it's just gradually each year, just like okay. you know, grown. So oh. I don't know. Next year we might have seventy, maybe ninety. I don't know. Like it's that comes with a different, you know, challenge and opportunity of scaling it a little bit better. I yeah. need to incorporate better software and stuff like that. So for, for people that want to get into hard money lending, it's not like you necessarily need to start off with like a million or five million dollars. No. It's just like anything like you guys wholesaling. You don't need to start off with doing 10 a month. Mm -hmm. Just find that first one. Yeah. Right. It. And then build some momentum. Because my grandparents gave me 60,000 for and we're going to use that for the down for your deal. For yeah. The deal we're doing with you. So I, I just, you know, we were thinking about raising money for our down payments. Does that make sense? Yeah, like yep. You bring the hard, we bring the down, we pay them a certain percentage. And I guess eventually it builds up. If you keep doing a lot of deals, people are willing to give you more. It always warning. does. If you perform and you protect people's money, it, it'll blow you away. They'll, people get comfortable really, really fast and trust you. That's also where so many con schemes and pyramid schemes start mm -hmm. is – there's a negative to that. But usually if I can get one successful experience with my investors, maybe two, after that, it's just like, yeah, Cake where's block. the next one? Where's the next one? Yeah. Oh, I was able to raise some more money on my end. Where's the next one? Where's the next right. one? That's yeah. cool, man. So real quick, let's go over these last couple questions real quick. How do you help wholesalers? So I think I can help wholesalers. One, the wholesalers that are smart, they build out a big net of potential people to help their buyers fund their deals. Because every hard money is going to look at a deal differently. You know, like I I'm the 2 and 12 guy, balloon payments, don't worry about that. Like there's other guys that are maybe cheaper, but have different handcuffs with monthly payments, more underwriting. So, you know, horses for courses, right? So good wholesalers have a bunch of options for their borrowers. Um, but I do benefit a lot from wholesalers. Like even you guys in the past have said like, Hey, I got a deal and I'll call the wholesaler and be like, Hey, your borrower reach, your buyer reached out to me. He's my borrower. Just know I'm good for it. Mm -hmm. That's where I think I can help wholesalers the most to just give them comfort knowing that if I'm on the other end of helping the financing, it's going to get done. Yeah. So then that gives them confidence in maybe assigning the deal to that person or make, you know, verifying that they do have money to close on it. 
Yeah. Does it get personal if someone borrows from you and then they borrow from someone else? No, I don't care. I mean, at the end of the day, if I'm not doing a good enough job, then they shouldn't borrow from me. But usually it's because they find cheaper money. And I'd actually look down on them if like, cause I would take cheaper buddy. Mm -hmm. Right. So, I mean, yeah, that happened the other day. A borrower that's borrowed from me four or five times at the last minute. He's like, Matt, I found cheaper money. Do you care? And it's like, no, of course not. You know, now if that happened every day, I might start getting a little bit bugged, but it's very infrequent. Do your investors, your investor money, do they ever come to you and say, Hey, look, Matt, I know I'm letting you have it at nine or 10. I need 12 or I'm going to take my money. Do, do they ever try Uh, to? Not so much. Not so much. Because I think it goes the same thing. If I can give them transparency and clarity on where their investments are, then uh, I like to keep them busy enough that they don't really have time to think about another option. Now, a follow-up question to that. So with the money that they're letting you have that to invest, do they require a return if it's not being used? Uh, my model is No. Like, their money's only out while the deal's out. Okay. That's why, like, it's kind of like I'm always playing a game of Tetris. I got deals coming. I got investors with money. And so I'm always kind of match matchmaking. Yep. I'm matchmaking so that their money doesn't sit. And I'll usually tee them up saying, hey, you're getting a payoff tomorrow, but I have another one coming up. You know? Okay. You want to do that one. And that probably saves you a ton. I don't know if other people do that where they just, you know, just are always paying a return on those people. Yeah, it does. Money. It totally does. Now, it, there's the benefit of having their money captive so you don't necessarily that that would be more of like a fund structure Mm -hmm. where you don't necessarily have to get their approval every time you just got to make sure you don't screw up no i get get their approval every time i get their approval every time okay yep interesting there's so many different ways just like wholesaling there's so many different ways to do it i've heard that's the best way to do it though because if you just are paying the return on their money you're not using it then you're you're spending money that right but unless you get their money at like five or six percent then you do that all day long because you can afford to have it down for a minute but the other temptation you'd have is if i had like four million bucks that i'm paying interest on i might do loans that aren't good loans just to just to cover the cost of my capital so you 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 just call them you say hey i got a deal i think you should this would be a good one for you yeah on a first time investor it's more of a conversation with guys that have done a lot it's maybe a text check your email or an email, and then an email back saying, yeah, I'm wiring the money. Do they sign anything, or is it more yeah. of a... Oh, yeah. We document everything. We have a, an agreement with them on each deal, but it's pretty routine. And Do you get insurance? Uh, what is that? Is it called? T- not title insurance. Hazard insurance. insurance. No, it's some sort of insur- lending insurance. Well, like we always have a loan policy. Okay. You know, a lender's going to insure themselves with the title policy, just like a, an owner would from the seller. Got it. That's where GT, the title yeah. company takes care yeah. of Yeah, title that. company handles all that. Sweet. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. Well, last question for you. How can a wealth of wholesalers how can wholesalers bring you deals? Like how do you prefer like oh, organization? I mean, my favorite wholesalers are the ones that have like a really good transaction coordinator. I'm getting a full executed contract with all signatures. Okay. You know, like that shouldn't be too hard. <laughs> yeah. The thing that drives me nuts is like JPEG pictures of seven different pages of a contract or unsigned copies or oh, very unclear communication, like secondary to like it being a lousy deal. Like, let's just assume it's a deal that makes sense, like a pretty good organized packet, because then it just slows me down because then I have to organize it because I'm not going to send off a bunch of garbage to my investors. I got to have it looking nice and clean and pretty. Mm-hmm. And so I'd say organization and clear communication are are probably so keys number one. Do they send you that packet? Like, hey, Matt, we want funding on this deal to double close or 
we want you to lend on this deal to the buyer we have lined up. Yeah. You want that packet coming to you? Yeah, any and all of the above. And I have some stuff that I need. And so guys that have worked with me before, they can read, we can read each other's minds as far as what we need. But no one likes sending this stuff, right? So sometimes you got to follow up, follow up, follow up. So those guys that are proactive and already know what you need, one, it makes them move quicker and it makes me move quicker and make a quicker decision. So, mm-hmm. but that I, you know, to kind of wrap up, I'd say that's maybe the one key to success overall that I've had is just communicating, letting my investors know what's going on, being transparent, letting my borrower what I need, being transparent, and then just following through and do what you say you're going to do when you say you're going to do it. Now, awesome. my last question before we end is, what's your outlook on the, the market and with all the inflation, everything going on? Are you thinking everything's, in your opinion, it's all good? You know, I mean, what's I, your opinion? Honestly, the, the more this goes on, I actually wonder if I even know, have a clue what's going on, right? But I'd say look for interest rates, long-term interest rates, supply and demand in your local market, which for Utah, that's all still really tight. So that's still making deals hard to come by and then easy to sell. Um, inflation for long-term rentals is like the greatest thing ever because your fi- debt's fixed. And if anything, yeah. your rent's going to go up. But I don't understand inflation like 100%. But, I mean, obviously, I understand it. But at some point, it almost doesn't matter to me. Like, it's it's the time in between where people freak out. But if in six months what was $1.25 is now $1.50, but it still buys you the equivalent of what was $1.25, like, mm-hmm. who cares if it's now $1.50? It's just a number. It's just a number. <laughs> but where the arbitrage is, is where that value, you could still buy at $1.25, even though today's dollar is $1.50, because it hasn't caught up yet, right? Mm-hmm. Or it's maybe overshot. And so that's, like, kind of where I think the inflation arbitrage is. And for the regular person that their wages don't go up, but the cost of living goes up, that's going to hurt, right. right? But if you're on the other side of it and your rent goes up, but my payment stays the same. Then you're in a good spot. I mean, bring on inflation, yeah, right? That's so, good for the, the people that hold the assets. Exactly. Know? So, it, I mean, inflation doesn't need to be a scary word because think about it. Inflation just naturally happens all the time. I mean, you know, houses that were built in 1970 cost 30 grand and now they're yep. worth 500. What yeah. has happened? Inflation, right? It's true. Yeah. So, but the same utility in general was like, you know, that person that was buying the house for 30, maybe their income was you know, yep. 20, and now their incomes are, I don't know. So at some point, it all kind of catches up. The guys that are smart figure out the arbitrage in between. Yeah, and it's true. You know, so you don't have to be smart to just buy real estate and hold it long term because <laughs> it's naturally going to work for you. Yeah, that's what we're trying to do is, as, as we're wholesaling, our goal is to hold on to more stuff. Yeah, oh, absolutely. And hard money can come in there to help bridge it before you put in long term yeah. Fine. So if you guys want to sh- put in the show notes my contact info or whatever, I'd be yeah, happy yeah. to answer any questions yeah, people we'll have. And I do remember before you were like, hey, you should keep more properties when we first started. And now we're like, we should have kept more. And I'm sure that's what always happens. You, you, yep. you kick yourself. But Yeah, your, your path to really a lot of wealth in real estate is long-term holds of, of commercial and residential real estate. But for a lot of us, we've got to wholesale, we've got to do hard money, we've got to flip to generate the cash to throw down as down payments. Yeah, that's right. Well, hey, Matt. It's a fun game. We appreciate it, Matt. Dude, you got it, you guys. It's been great, man. And, thanks uh, for having me. Yeah, we'll put your information in the contact info in the description below. And thank you, Investor Thrive Nation, for attending. And we'll see you next week. Sounds you guys. good. Yeah, thanks, guys. Yep.